Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. It is a pleasure, as it always is, on a Saturday morning to have you taking a little time to spend with us. Just a reminder that we're recording this program uh, prior to its airing here this morning, but this week we're doing it on a Friday rather than on Thursday, and we'll explain that uh, here in just a minute. The last of the 70s, as I look out the window here at Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City, there is a big change coming in the weather. It's going to put some smile on the faces of skiers, and I know one Mike Navidomskis that will also be excited about this. Uh, but I want to bring Russ Smith into the conversation from uh, Sky Call up at the Sugar House Compound up there. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great day yesterday. Yeah, so that's why we did not record on Thursday. We actually recorded sure. a couple of segments with the National Ability Center, but this is something you and I have been doing for a number of years now. They have their annual Salute to Our Heroes uh, luncheon, which is always inspiring to us and, and uh, to all those that are in attendance, where you get to hear some of the stories of military veterans that have benefited from the many programs at uh, the NAC up there in Park City. But a couple of weeks ago, we had Caitlin on with us uh, to tell us about this event and get a little pre-promotion for it for people that wanted to attend. And uh, I said, man, if we could get just a few minutes with the uh, keynote speaker, we'd really love to do that. And she says, I might be able to make that happen because he's my dad. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about uh, retired General uh, Dempsey. Martin Dempsey, who was the 18th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And what a great moment just to be able to sit with him for a few minutes in a beautiful setting, by the way. Yeah, and that was that was a big deal about yesterday. This is the first actually up at their site in Park City. Yeah. And that was especially nice to be up there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to share that conversation with the general coming up in our final half hour. And then uh, we also talk with Tracy Meyer, who has been with NAC for a couple of decades now, a little over 20 years, and we'll uh, remind everybody about the great programs they have. So look forward to that in the last half hour. Mike Navidomskis, uh, our uh, meteorologist here at KSL, Matt, this morning was telling us uh, there could be 18 inches at Alta from the storm that's coming our way. Yeah, that's not surprising. I kind of expected that much. My issue is this cannot happen during the day Saturday because I am on the lake with my students. Oh, no. Right? And so 
Um, I, you know, I, last I heard last night, I watched very closely the weather always, but they said it was going to come in at two. And if we could get from eight to two on the lake, I think we'll be fine. But if it comes in at noon, it's going to destroy what we do. Mm, yeah, because uh, you, you'll have, well, I don't know, you got newbies in uh, float tubes? Yeah, I do. I didn't think I'd have newbies. Mm. Like I say, I agreed to do this class last year after, our, you know, because I'm retiring. But really, a lot of newbies came, and so I worry about them and wind. So, yeah, keep my fingers crossed. We'll be able to have a good fishing day. And, by the way, they're le- listening right now, so on the way to the lake. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does sound like uh, it's going to roll in here in the afternoon. It'll be rain when it first starts, obviously, but uh, sometime between Saturday afternoon and Monday afternoon, at least a foot in most of the mountain areas here in the north and maybe as much as 18 inches at Alta, which will set up for a perfect base uh, as long as we stay cold for uh, what should be a good uh, ski season. At least we've got our fingers crossed that's the way it's going to work out. Yeah, I hope it does. Look, the last two years we lost it all. We got some October storms, but the warmth of November melted it all. So let's just hope this one sticks around, and let's hope it doesn't arrive till after two because we are fishing the high country. Not going to say where we are, but it'll be high enough to snow on us for sure if it comes. Yeah. A couple of things about this storm as it comes in, and this was a, a warning from uh, the Division of Wildlife Resources. For those recreating outdoors, obviously, expect a transition from fall-like to winter-like over the weekend. Seasonal roadways and mountain passes and upper canyon roadways are going to be impacted. Snow accumulations we've already talked about uh, from five to 7,000 feet even possible. Significant rainfall expect below the snow level for northern and central Utah and much colder air, obviously. And you, and you know what this all coincides with this weekend, guys? Uh-huh. O- opening day of the general season today, which I've had a lot of hunters tell me that uh, the weather actually gets the animals up and moving around. So, as long as you're prepared for the conditions that are coming up, uh, then it, it may uh, actually help hunters out there this weekend. I, we've got a little something special we're going to share with uh, deer hunters as we wrap up this first segment, yeah. which I'm anxious to share. Here's what else is coming up on the show. Speaking of deer, this is the time of year for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, the bucks out there are you know in the rut, and they're looking for uh, some mates, and they wander around a little bit more than they otherwise would. Plus, we're uh, getting darker earlier in the afternoon. It tends to be a double whammy when it comes to accidents uh, and, in some cases, real tragedies on our roads with wildlife uh, interacting with drivers. We're going to be talking about that uh, coming up after the top of the next hour with the Division of Wildlife Resources. So we'll uh, look forward to sharing that with you. Also going to go road tripping with Bob and Mark, roadtrippingwithbobandmark.com. Bob is back from an extended two-week trip down Highway uh, 66, Route 66. So he's going to share some of those experiences with us, also talking about the last of the fall weather conditions as far as color goes that you'll be able to take advantage of in southern utah and of course we'll check in with roger eggett from bear river lodge one note here guys oh and uh navi you've got a fish bites for us right absolutely while you sit there tying flies right yeah it's my lunch break here at uh, the high school and so i have this on my desk so i can get this done because of tomorrow, of course, students come in, they go, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up in just a minute, I want to share uh, with everybody uh, this little segment for uh, those of you that are headed out on the deer hunt. We'll wish you good luck and safety while you're out there. But I, 
Because we're going to move the uh, road tripping segment up in time in just a few minutes, I do want to get just a note in here about the uh, news of the week. The conservation officers from the Division of Wildlife Resources are just beside themselves with some photos that maybe you've seen floating around. A couple of bull elk recently killed and left to waste in Sevier County. One of the uh, worst cases of poaching they've had in some time. And so they're asking anybody that may have information on this. Again, it's in Sevier County. They want you to call the UTIP hotline, which is uh, 800-662-3337. Or any information can also be text to them at uh, 847 Russ, you dropped off there for a minute. You back with us? I'm back, yeah. All right, cool. Anyway, we look forward to sharing that with you. I just uh, wanted you to be here for this as we start to uh, wind down this first segment of the show today. It's a song I ran across from Red Akins and Dallas Davidson. It's called Opening Day, and this one's for our deer hunters as they head out. Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the air. Campfires are burning, we're gathered round in chairs. Three generations of hunting in our veins Talking about what might happen on opening day Where the man's calling for southwest winds Gonna have to change my plans Guess I won't be hunting the power line I'm moving to the boat seat stand Sighted in my rifle and she sure is shooting straight But I'll meet up with the jitters, y'all It's opening day I've been working all summer and it's sure been hot the Tractor tore up but I planted my plot Deer trail running through there looks like a highway I got my heart set on Good luck to our hunters out there, and uh, be safe. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll go road tripping with the guys a little bit early today on KSL Outdoors Radio. Don't go away. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're going to go road tripping just a little bit early today because the boys are standing by. Bob Grove, Mark Wade, here we go. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Mark, wait, I'm actually surprised we got Mark or uh, got Bob to come back. He's uh, been gone for a good long time. Yeah, we had to, you know, we had to tempt him with his getting his own bed for the first time in the last few months. <laughs> yeah. Nice that you could take Susan with you because this was an extended road trip, wasn't it, Bob? It was. It was one of our longer tours. It was a couple of weeks, and I had been gone quite a bit with Mark on, on photo gigs prior to that, so... I haven't had a lot of time at home, and I'm kind of, I'm pretty much a homebody when I am home. So this got you out of the doghouse, is what you're saying? 
Yeah, you know, Susan got to eat at nice restaurants every day <laughs> and go gift shopping. But I tell you, I think I made just enough on the tour to pay for all her gift shopping. There you go. If you break even on a road trip, that is a good day. I, I know exactly what you're saying. All right. Uh, part of your road trip and part of our reason for getting together today for uh, a little uh, road trip and segment is to talk about what's left of fall color. And before we started, you were both telling me that your color at the south end of the state actually lasts a little longer than it does here in the north because it's starting to wane a little up here. Tell me about Canaraville. Well, I was just, you know, just I don't stick, stick put very long. I just said I was a homebody. But this past week, uh, uh, Susan and I went up Canaraville Creek, up the Canaraville Falls. A lot of people have heard about this. You know, Canaraville is just a a few miles south of Cedar City, almost directly across from New Harmony. And it's got a, a really popular trail there and that, that goes to some beautiful waterfalls in Slot Canyon. So we went up that. It's a permit only trail. It used to be open to anyone who wanted to go, but it became so popular over the years that it became very congested inside this canyon. And so a few years ago, they decided to permit it. And so now they allow 150 people a day. And when it's when they have that full allotment of 150 people, it never feels crowded like it did. And the day we went, I know they didn't have 150 people. They had more permits. And so those out there who are hearing this, who have always wanted to go and see Canaraville Creek, uh, Canaraville Falls, you may want to put in for permits right now because uh, I think you'll get in. Hmm. But it's it's beautiful. It's a slot. There are sections of the Slot Canyon that resemble the Narrows. You know, there's a creek running through it. But I think the real famous part of it is about uh, the, the Slot Canyon itself is only about a half mile to three quarters of a mile long. But there's a section in it that has a waterfall with a ladder that goes up to a, the next shelf above it. And that's the one that is that's the area that's the most photographed. And and there are a couple little uh, scrambles in it. Uh, small kids, you'd probably have to carry them up. And so, you know, little children probably aren't ideal for this. But we've taken ours. In fact, we've had an infant with us when we've gone up before. So I wouldn't say that it's it's not family friendly. I'd say, you, you know, go for it. Children three and under go free. But if you're over that age, uh, it's $12 per person. Yeah. Uh, so the falls are still flowing right now? Water is okay? Yeah. You know, it's a little low because this time of year, you know, the water is going to be a little lower. We were in mostly ankle deep water for the most part. Uh, where the waterfalls are, there are several waterfalls, and of course there are pools at the bottom of the waterfalls. But generally speaking, we weren't ever in water above, much above our ankles. Yeah. We had uh, water boots on, kind of like you see in the Narrows, to, with life, uh, with neoprene socks, which I do recommend. The water is very cold right now. Yeah, I do recommend neoprene socks to put inside your boots. Uh, Mark, tell me about Taylor Creek, and uh, that's in Zion, right? Well, it is. You know, Zion is about 30 miles in length, and it, it stretches all the way from the Springdale on the east and, and even further east there. It comes west to I-15, just below Canaraville that Bob's been talking about. And so you can go into the Kolob section. We call it the fingers section. If you hold your hand up in front of your face and look at your the gaps between your fingers, you've got these canyons that are just like that. And your, your Taylor Creek is one of those canyons. There's a north and a middle fork that you can get into quite easily. Bob and I love both of those places this time of year for the photography in there. The, the leaves are falling. You know, there's all kinds of different trees in there that are all changing color. There's also a great short hike 
Timber Creek is just at the end of the drive right there. And then if you're wanting a longer hike, we recommend going into Kolob Arch. It's a 14-mile round trip, and you might want to overnight in there. You need a permit for that. But uh, this is the west end of Zion National Park, and it's only a five-mile drive, paved road in and out. But there's four or five really good hikes in there. So it's not too late, and uh, Bob, you can jump in here. Not too late to see some of the fall color down there, huh? Oh, yeah. The color that we saw in Canaryville uh, was phenomenal. I mean, full yellow, all-out yellows, reds, oranges. I mean, the color is at its prime right now in those elevations. But as you get into Zion National Park and into uh, Springdale in that area a little bit farther down, we're probably going to see color all the way through to the end of the month in early November. Uh, Mark Kanab still is one of my favorite places that I think people blast right through, unfortunately, in many cases. We love Kanab. We think it's a great central place to base out of, and you can go south to the Grand Canyon North Rim, over to Lake Powell, to Page, you go to the east. You've got Zion to the west and Bryce to the north. It's a great place, and that's just mentioning the big stuff. There's There's petroglyphs, there's lots of hikes around there, UTV riding, mountain biking, hiking. That's a great mecca for a lot of things, and and this is the time of year to be in Kanab as well. Well, I'll direct everybody to your website, which is just Road Trippin' with Bob and Mark, roadtrippinwithbobandmark.com. I'm afraid we're going to lose a lot of the color up here with this storm that's coming this weekend. There could be 18 inches, believe it or not, of snow at Alta and a foot at some of the other resorts here in the north. That's what we're uh, getting ready for anyway. Guys, thank you as always. Bob, can I twist your arm to stick around and tell us more about your uh, trip since you were out there for so long? Sure, I'd love to. All right, we'll do that right after we get a news update next here on KSL. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.